Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Data Endures August Tech Talk. We are delighted to have you here. I am Kirsten Burke, and I am joined as always by our Chief Technology Officer and Chief Information Security Officer. That's a mouthful, Shaheen Peruz. Welcome, Shaheen. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited. We're back in the office. It's great. I get to say hi to people, see faces. Exactly. Well, well, you kind of you kind of uh, uh, grabbed part of the thunder I was going to mention. Um, we do have an announcement that we are going to be moving these live stream back to in person in the fall. So uh, super excited. We will let you all know when that is. But um, it'll be so unusual to talk to you not on a screen, Shaheen. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but but for the time being, um, again, welcome. We are going to spend a little bit of time today talking about a little bit about what's going on out there in the world in terms of um, just the, the economic indicators and kind of uncertainty that's out there and how the conversations we're having with organizations about how they might be responding. Um, your, your, whether it's your personal life or your professional life, when you see economic indicators that make you nervous, you either dial back on spending or you decide that you can go a little bit longer with what you have. And in a lot of cases, that's fine. In the case of security, it's a little bit dangerous. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit about this. And again, some of these tech talks are more kind of thought leadership or, or, or telling you more about services or technologies you don't know about. This one to us feels a little bit more like a, a service announcement, if you will, because we really see a lot going on right now, and we really want to make sure that organizations are equipped with information to make good decisions, um, even in times of financial uncertainty. So I'm going to cue this up, but uh, I think what we'll do is maybe talk a little bit about what's going on and why managed services are such an interesting and compelling alternative uh, in, in today's economy and in today's climate. Also talk about how to make a smart decision because a lot of folks out there kind of say the same thing. And so we'll talk about that. And then lastly, we're gonna talk about how we can help you. And again, this is a little bit more data endure centric. Um, and we do this sometimes when we feel we offer something that's very unique, compelling. We wanna to talk to you about how we can help you develop a roadmap to understand where you are today, kind of an economic and technology roadmap to get you to where, um, where your security posture is healthy. So those three topics, um, we'll hit on them quickly. Shaheen, go. What's going on out there today? We're, um, we're starting to see a slowdown. There's, um, it's been throughout the beginning of the year in the summer, um, activity has been activity as usual, but we're starting to see a slowdown and pushback on meetings and that we're not sure. We're trying to figure out our budgets. There's um, an economic uncertainty is one of the factors that people cite as we're engaging with them. And uh, one of the things I've been in this, both you and I have been in this uh, managed services space for two decades now. And um, one of the things that we've seen over that time is through three downturns, the one thing that has consistently proved to work and continue to be consumed is subscription-based services. So that rather than CapEx moving to an OpEx model, and it's something that is part of the operations of the business, and it scales up and down with you. So that, that uh, economy proofs organizations um, 
during the major downturns, uh, it wasn't with Data Endure, it was with a different company that both Kirsten and I were at. It, uh, we saw customers who had to do massive reductions in force and our services ended up fitting perfectly because their IT spend scaled with them and scaled down with them so that they can do things like that. Uh, so generally speaking, managed services or operational expenditures align better with economic uncertainty than uh, capital expenditures because you have to depreciate the equipment, the costs associated with building it, the onboarding of it, and then you have to run out the full TCO of three to five years or whatever your depreciation cycle is of that equipment before you do something else. And oftentimes people push that three to five years to seven years or 10 years when it's uncertain times. And there, while it can work and it does work, it greatly increase, increases or reduces rather your resiliency. When something fails, then that's when everything in your platform is tested. Can you recover accurately from backup? Do you have solid snapshots of you know most recent changes so you don't lose anything? And that's, I would say, the two sides of the coin is, you know, it's, can you stretch potentially, but make sure you've got solid backup and data protection and recovery capabilities, um, which we're happy to talk to you about, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, and then on the other side, um, if you can displace capital expenditures instead of doing a refresh and continuing on, if you can move to an OPEX model, then if the because it's an economic uncertainty, we don't know if it's going to go up or down or left or right. Having a model that scales up and down with you rather than be a traditional IT stair step function is much easier to manage and get your head around. Well, and to your point, I think when we hone in a little bit more on security specifically, um, when you talk about stretching, right? Um, organizations may have anything anywhere from 10 to 30 or 40 security tools, right? Um, have these tools been updated recently? Are they still, maybe not even best in breed, but are they strong? And with adversaries tactics changing so quickly, um, if you're stretching something, are you stretching something that potentially puts you at risk? Right. And so I think that's something that, that we're seeing happening a little bit. Um, I had a conversation the other day uh, with someone who said, we are so behind in security. We are so behind and we're going to try to get to it in the next two or three years. And I thought, oh my gosh, right? Um, we don't have two or three years because this adversary is also noticing an economic downturn. And just like they didn't let the pandemic go to waste, they're not going to let this crisis go to waste. And, you know, we'll really try to exploit what they can um, to to do their nefarious things. So, so on the security side of things, Shaheen, you know, what are the risks to stretching? The, um, the biggest problem is, um, the biggest challenge of all in security is the threat feeds. So if, if you're stretching out and deciding, you know what, we're gonna let lapse this renewal and just use the tools we have because we own them and we pay perpetual, Oftentimes what that means is that you're not going to any longer get any updates, not just from a technology and software perspective, but also in the threat feeds. And the implication of not having current up-to-date threat feeds is that the zero-day threats are going to bypass every security control you have if there isn't a threat feed that you can build correlation rules on and all that. 
the implication is that the hackers will be able to get through your beautiful walled gardens and get in and do some serious damage. We have um, we have customers that have solid security stacks, but they, for example, and, and this is an example of not refreshing the hardware, they didn't refresh their firewall and the firewall had a vulnerability and they came in through the firewall and caused a lot of problems which required an incident response. So I would say, generally speaking, security is one of those things. And I, uh, we had one of our customers on one of our first tech talks mention that it's not even an option. You have to do security. And, and I tend to agree with him. That has to become job one for the uh, leadership team and the board to be thinking about what is our risk level. And risk assessments are the key to get there. It's you can't just you know rely on we think we have done a good job. We have all the best tools in the market and we think we're solid. Do a risk assessment and find out what is the state of your risk? What is your external facing posture? And be able to make decisions based on facts as opposed to a gut feeling that you know your team, they do their best, they do what they can and they're all solid technologists, but all it takes is one vulnerability for a hacker to get in. And, being unaware of that vulnerability is not unique to any single industry. It's not unique to any size of company. We're, we're, we're running into, we do incident response for customers across the board, large or small, um, and they have good tools in place, but the tools alone aren't enough. You need, you need to get a solid understanding of what exposures and holes there are out there. And that continuous, it's, uh, I always used to joke about patch management. It's like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. For those of you who are on the West Coast, you get what I mean. They're constantly painting this bridge. They go from one side to the other. And when they're done, they go back and start over again. And it's a three-year process to paint the bridge. It never ends and it keeps going. And that's how they keep it from rusting. And it's the same thing with your infrastructure and security tools. You have to keep lubing it and tweaking it and fine-tuning it or it will rust right never never an end of never an end of job and it's uh i i was i just came back from a conference uh and i was speaking to a lot of security vendors at this conference and uh the the shift has already just started to happen and that people are not just using um scripted standard attacks so behavioral metrics are starting to fall apart in security mm -hmm. attacks People are, the hackers are doing what's called tradecraft, where they will find a, they do a lot of due diligence, find a vulnerability. They will come in through that vulnerability, which requires skill and talent. And then once they've landed and they've got a foot in the door, that's when they go and they implement the scripted behaviors and all that. But if you could catch them when they were doing the, the, tactics and techniques to get in those tactics and techniques are all part of MITRE. They're not, they're not creating new ones. They're not, there's no new way to get through a vulnerability. All the vulnerabilities are the majority, not all are documented in the CVE database. And if you're getting daily updates on those, you're getting threat feed updates from solid reputable thread feeds, and you're using the MITRE attack matrix in your threat hunting functionalities, you now have a solid opportunity to catch these guys before they do something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, what's missing in almost all of the major uh, players who call themselves MDR is really solid network detection and response and really solid user behavior and entity response. And those two things are together. Almost all of the players who call themselves SOC, MDR, or XDR are endpoint based today. 
the mm -hmm. endpoint isn't going to tell you everything. They're not right. coming in through the endpoint first. They're coming in through your email first and they're coming in through your network first. So that's a good transition. You brought up other players, right? So you've got the tool providers, you've got a lot of people out there saying they do some iteration of managed service or managed security service. So if I'm listening to this and I buy into everything you've set up until now, right? Okay. I know I can't let this go during uncertainty. I don't want to continue dedicating the staffing or the funding to the hamster wheel, right? So I buy it. I buy that. But I've got 10 people just like you, just like you, contacting me every week. So how, you know, what are the indicators? What are the questions? What are the things to look for if I start going down this path to, to make a right decision? I'm going to go back to the third thing you mentioned when you said these are the three things we're going to cover, which is how do we um, plan and, and decide to roll into a solid security practice and how can data endure help in that? And I'm going to go back to that because it's going to help answer this question too. Um, I'm going to start with the answer to the question and then come back. But the answer to the question is most security vendors out there have a one or two products that is going to solve your problem. It's their XDR, their MDR. They might be able to add vulnerability management, uh, but it's limited scope of what their capabilities are. And it's mostly endpoint based. That isn't a full security practice. That isn't going to take you from a security maturity of wherever you are to a five. And the goal in our in our lifespan is let's get to a five so that we take away every loophole, every gap, every uh, control deficit that a hacker can take advantage of. So coming back to what we do differently, uh, and this is take, I'm going to talk about what we do, but take this as here's what you should look for is if you find a vendor that can do these same things and you don't like data endure, by all means, talk to them. Don't skip talking to us, but by all means, <laughs> talk to them. Um, the uh, We have this approach, our tools, uh, our services. So first of all, XDR is one of those things that is probably the most um, exacerbating for me. I've talked about over the all of the tech talks we've done, how every uh, new acronym that comes out, everybody latches onto it and they wanna be part of the shiny new toy uh, space. Um, XDR is probably the most frustrating of all that for me. Um, it's equivalent to when everybody started calling themselves cloud. Hmm. Cloud means so much. It means so many different things. And, you know, somebody having a email gateway can call themselves cloud. Somebody having an infrastructure as a service can call themselves cloud. Somebody offering Oracle as a service and a SaaS model can call themselves cloud. So it's the same thing with XDR. Everybody has said, we do extended detection and response, which is the definition of XDR. What do they do? They provide you EDR, maybe even MDR, so it's managed, and they add a little bit of telemetry from the firewall. Sure, we can argue that's extended. We did a little bit more. But to me, if you're actually going to build a security portfolio, Extended should truly be extended. It should not just be one more thing. Our MDR offering is what people are calling their XDR offering today. We already did network. We added network uh, telemetry. We were capturing um, information from the sensors on the network and understanding what's on the network. We were doing network-based vulnerability scans. 
All those things are part of our MDR offering, which the market doesn't do today. So fast forward, we launched our XDR offering at the beginning of this year. We call it Dexter. Um, Dexter is not just uh, an MDR plus a firewall log. It is our full EDR complete suite, which includes continuous incident response uh, and continuous penetration testing. It is our SIM, which correlates the data from the network packet captures and pen testing and uh, endpoint detection that we talked about. And it is our DNS defense, which blocks users from getting to known bad sites. Um, so let's prevent them from ever getting there. 80% of malware today needs a DNS uh, connection to function. So if you can stop those 80% from connecting to a known bad site, you're way ahead of the game and you're only dealing with 20%. Uh, and, and we can spend our cycles, instead of dealing with all the noise, we can spend our cycles helping our customers find the people who are doing tradecraft and getting in your network. Okay. So why is what we do um, different? First of all, it's much more telemetry. We do a tremendous amount more telemetry. We take, act, in addition to what I just described, we also take Active Directory. Um, and I mentioned DNS, we're taking DNS telemetry. We take uh, firewall telemetry. And we take cloud telemetry and pour that all into a single uh, uh, log management platform. We do packet captures on the network, pull that into the log management platform. We do the pen testing inside and outside, so full posture management externally, as well as actual synthetic pen testing, five attacks each month. We do endpoint detection and response. We do continuous incident response and pull all of the telemetry from all of that together. We update the CVE uh, rules daily. So it's a continuous vulnerability scan. We uh, do pen testing once a month internally, continuously externally. And all of that is correlated to find threats inside your network. What's missing in XDR, other XDR solutions is the network. Without having telemetry on the network, doing actual network-based intrusion detection, you're not going to find these threat actors doing the things they're doing. You're only going to find them when they touch the endpoints that have the tools. That is the fundamental flaw in XDR today. Well, why do I bring all this up? And I'm going to circle back to, you know, how do you roll forward with a service like ours? It sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot of moving parts. It's, uh, it's you know, price-wise, it's awful compelling. Um, but what we've done is we've designed a model where we think Dexter is a great way to accelerate you from a maturity level of wherever you are to four and a half to five. There, but there's other things you have to do on the network to get all the way there, but it, it accelerates you pretty quickly to a place where you've got a solid maturity model. So Dexter on its own can have a significant impact to security in your environment. But we recognize that you may already have an endpoint security tool. You may already have a DNS tool that you're, you're using. So we've designed a model where we help build a plan that says, what maturity level do you want to get to? Uh, and from there, we deploy the components that make sense and apply a, a, a model where we add, let's say, for example, your EDR solution is going to, uh, their contract will expire in a year. We'll start with doing the network telemetry, capturing the DNS information, capturing Active Directory information, pulling telemetry from your EDR. And we, and we recommend going with our EDR because it includes continuous incident response where you have my entire incident response team 
at your disposal if something goes wrong versus having to have a retainer or something else in the back in the background. Um, and and we plan to put that in when that year time frame comes up. So keep doing what you're doing with additional telemetry that we capture from the other things that the other players don't do. And then let's slowly over time transition and we build a roadmap for our customers that says, here's how you get to Dexter. And um, what's uh, one of the things that I think is the biggest threats in the ecosystem is a lack of segmentation. And that's another space that really frustrates me. Um, the world is getting confused with the acronym ZTN. Um, zero trust networking is all about moving from a implicit trust model to an explicit trust model. And what that means is really two things, system to system segmentation and user to application segmentation, east, west, and north, south. So that is the final component in uh, taking your security maturity model up to a level five with Dexter and our zero trust services. You create an environment where you now have full visibility, network detection and response, uh, endpoint detection and response, continuous pen testing, continuous incident response, uh, full SIM for regulatory concerns with PCI reports and everything else that you might need. And you have all of that correlated and integrated together and working in synergy and an operations team that is man monitoring and managing that for you 24 by seven. And that roadmap I talked about isn't just for Dexter. It's for when does your budget make sense to put these services in? Let's build a roadmap. Let's put a timeline in together and let's work together to get you to that security maturity level five. Well, and I think, I mean, it's, it's what you've said is so much. If, if someone's listening to this, it's kind of like, okay, if I took a note, it's, you know, the notepad is full, but, but I think that's the point, right? When we talk about security maturity, when we talk about, if you're, if you're serious about this and any organization out there ought to be serious about it, there's a lot that goes into, um, there's a lot that goes into doing it well. And, and that means protecting your assets. It means protecting your customers. It means protecting your IP and, and no matter what size of business you are, right. That's critical for, for business health and growth. When you think of all those things you said, in my mind, it's like, oh my gosh, how could one organization do all of that, right? I think time, I think budget, I think people, and I think, okay, so I might be able to do that, kind of like the, the person I spoke to, in two or three years. I mean, how, how do I fit that in with everything else I have going on? And I think what's so compelling about what you talked about is acceleration, right? Because we say this and we say this and we say this with, with managed cybersecurity, it's all about time. And it's all about who has that time advantage. Is it the bad guy or is it you? And it is our mission to shift that advantage over to our customers as quickly as possible. And so if you are, wherever you are on that security trajectory, zero to three to four, whatever, right? It's in your best interest to get to that, that next step level as quickly as possible and as economically as possible. And I think that's what excites me so much about what we are able to do for our customers is, um, yes, we can go as fast or as slow as you want, but to, to really effectively protect you, you know, we, we can get you there in some cases, 30 days, in some cases, 60 days, you know, whatever it is that, that, that you need. 
Yeah, generally I say our, our in, we, for most of our services, we have a 30 day onboarding guarantee. Um, there's a couple of our services, um, our most, most specifically our uh, micro segmentation solution uh, is a 90 day cycle and that's designed so it doesn't impact your network. It's not that we couldn't do it faster, it's we shouldn't do it faster. Mm -hmm. um, contrast that though with anybody who's building their own micro segmentation pro project or even just segmentation, forget micro segmentation for a second. Those projects last anywhere between 18 months and 24 months and oftentimes fail and get turned off. Um, whereas we're very quickly rolling out solutions and services because again, it's all about time. So we've designed all of our services to be uh, not just aggressively timed, but aggressively timed with proper controls in place to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, and I think back to the initial topic, and I, I think the reason that, that we decided to talk about this today was uncertainty and economic uncertainty, right? Whatever it is that, that we are living through here, is it months, is it longer? Um, you know, organizations are trying to be wise with their resources. And if we agree, at least tacitly, that security is not something that should be delayed or put on the back burner, um, this is a way that you can continue to address that security uh, posture. You can keep your security strong um, without putting the staffing on it, hiring the new people, um, yeah, all of that. And I think what we've been able to build out um, through this roadmap, as well as a TCO model to be able to show people here's what this looks like. Here's what this level of investment looks like in some cases, based on what you're already spending it might feel similar, right? I mean, there, there may not be a big bump. In other cases, you know, here's the way that we can plan this out, but get you to where you need to be by whatever timeframe you need to be. So, um, you know, Shaheen, as we wrap this up and, and back to, you know, where we are from a, an economic standpoint, where we are from a security risk standpoint, what, what would you like to leave with the audience before we sign off? So I would say um, the first step I always recommend is to do a security uh, health check. Our security health check does include that uh, external posture assessment, which is, uh, is going to give you a lot of visibility into, are there any cracks in my walls? And then we also include the internal uh, out perspective to give you a visibility of, Here's from the inside, once they get in, what they're able to see and what they're able to do. So combine those two things together. Um, we give you the top 10 implications in your environment. There is no cost to our health check. Um, we also do full security assessments if that's something you're interested in, but, um, but this is really designed to give you a quick health check to say, are there anything, is there anything I should be concerned about? And how do I pull it all together and make a decision about what to focus on first? One of the things many of our customers have appreciated is uh, once we go through this process and they say, okay, my budget is X, what piece should we do first? Mm -hmm. And not just necessarily tied to what tools and technologies you have, but what brings you the biggest impact in terms of security first. And right. we're, we're able to do that with our customers as well. Fantastic. Well, Shaheen, as always, thank you so much for your time. I have taken mental notes of several things you've said that I had not thought of before, just like always. Um, thanks for all of you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next month. <laughs>